Bibles to John chapter 17. I want to revisit this beautiful, beautiful passage. I visited it in uh, 10 years ago. I, I visited this passage. It's been too long. It's like a long lost friend, you know. I miss it. I miss it. I love the Bible. Love the Bible. The Bible is such a, it's a living, living word. And it just is a beautiful thing. I've just been reading through Psalms again, and as well as listening through it, and what a blessing I am getting out of that again, all over again, every time. It never gets old. I want to read um, a few of these verses. Uh, uh, I think uh, as I go, I will read each one of these. Rather than read them now, I'll just read them as I go through the outline. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. It was, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. John wasn't accustomed to describing uh, physical features or positions. Uh, I said, but Jesus, it does describe Jesus looked up. He looked up, up to the Father, and began to speak uh, this fabulous high priestly prayer. What would it have been like to be there and listen to the Son Speak to the Father. Talk about learning to pray. Teach me to pray. If you want to be learning how to pray, this is the chapter. This whole chapter is a prayer to the Father. And it is a place where you get to be brought in to the intimacy of it uh, that he had with his Father before the world was. There's nothing like it in the entire Bible. Gethsemane was after 18, verse 18, excuse me, chapter 18, verse 1, they went to the, out and went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he prayed again, but in more in agony. Uh, he had, in chapter 13, he had told them how to be humble. Chapter 14, he had told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. Chapter 15, he had told them, I'm the vine, you can't do anything without me. Chapter 16, he had told them, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your your paraclete, one to walk alongside of you. He's going to be the one to help you. He's going to speak of me. not going to speak of himself. He's going to speak of me. And uh, he's going to show you things to come. And, of course, he did give inspiration Scripture through uh, many of those guys. And so then we hit chapter 17. Chapter 17, he lifted up his eyes and began to address the Father far as we know, audibly, of course, in front of them. Jesus, the high priest of our souls, the Lamb of God, the love gift of the Father, the great intercessor and advocate is praying. We get to quietly listen as he prays. Before this great hour of sacrifice, he prays carefully, purposefully. He communicates his desires to the Father in heaven. And it is a model of how we can also communicate to the Father. The chapter is generally broken down into three distinct parts. First, we have Jesus praying of himself or for himself or concerning himself. Then we have a, a, a section where Jesus is praying for his disciples. 
And then thirdly, in the last section, we have him praying for the world or concerning the world and his disciples. And if I may say, he prays for us. In the last section, he actually mentions us and prays for us, those who will believe in my name. There are a total of seven petitions of what they call the high priest petitions. The last seven petitions uh, in this way on earth as he preaches. The true nature of God. I just spilled my... Isn't it great I had the lid on tight? Were you saying that? I had the lid on tight, brother. If that had been no-no, it would have spilled. But I had the lid on tight. Just a little inside deal there. God the Father in his nature has been skewed. I mean skewed. Do you know the average person out there today has no idea really who God is? What to expect of him? They've learned some distorted, morphed, non-real, non-biblical description of God. Oftentimes made according to their personality, made according to their, well, if they're touchy-feely, there's a, there's a touchy-feely God. Uh, you know, it, and not according to what the truth is. And when you begin to show them that they have misunderstood who God is, and they've believed the slanders against him, and the false stories and the fake news about him, they, they have a hard time swallowing that. I mean, you can actually take them to the Bible and have them read a verse. They'll say, well, that can't, that can't be. I've had them say that. That can't be so. Well, man, it's right there. Read it yourself. Well, uh, yeah, but that, what it's doing is it's, that verse is overthrowing 30, 40 years of misunderstanding of who God is. Let me say this. that you don't know who God is if you haven't read the Old Testament. But there's a group, there's a guy on TV. Of course, a guy on TV, they're doing everything, you know. In fact, there's more women on TV now than there are men. Oh, my, my. But you, you, you got a guy on TV says the only part of the Bible that really is pertinent to you and me is Acts chapter 13 through the book of Jude. That's it. The rest of it, we don't really need. It's, you know, another dispensation. And that consequently, these, that's called hyper-dispensationalism. It's awful. Guy by, the name of, guy by the name of Fosdick. He's an old man. He's a heretic. He's a false teacher. But he's slick. Real slick. And uh, you sit there and listen to him. You don't know much Bible. He's going he's to hurt you. But the truth is that the, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That was written in Timothy before the New Testament. And he was talking about the 39 books of the Old Testament. There hadn't yet been Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John written. And if it had been written, they were not circulated at all. And so, who's, what's he saying? All Scripture. And don't you give me this, I'm a dispensationalist, but I'm definitely not a hyper-dispensationalist. I believe there's, there's value in all Scripture, and it begins to let you know who God is. People tell me, well, I like reading the New Testament, but I don't like reading the Old Testament. Well, if it, man, that's where you need to dwell then is the Old Testament. It'll bless your soul. Now, trust me on this, and you know this. When you begin to read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and Ezekiel, uh, you need a happy pill after that. Because those books are condemnation books. They're books that are condemning the sin of Israel. 
Isaiah, not as much as the rest of them. Isaiah really lifts up who the Savior is. Isaiah 53 is wonderful. Isaiah 40 and so many other places. Isaiah, Isaiah 11. Isaiah, I'm thinking of these guys. Isaiah 3, 36 through. But you, you get into Jeremiah and Lamentations. That speaks for itself, right? Those were hard, sad times for the nation. The nation had backslidden. God, as I said this morning, God was coming in. He was going to do a horrific thing. They were, they were just, and, there, and he, those, two, those two guys were up there crying out to the, these, these stiff-necked, hard, hard-of-hearted people to turn. They didn't want to turn. But they, they were, they were just, I, think, I think Jeremiah was persecuted 20 different times. He thought he was going to get killed by them boys. Had God told him, they're not going to kill you. He wouldn't have known that. But Jesus here is first and foremost petitioning the Father to straighten uh, out the lies and the fake news concerning him. And praise God, we have the 17th chapter of John. Praise God, we have this high priestly prayer. He says, he asked the father to make him a parent who the son is. So he will turn. Let me, let me, uh, let me read this to you, get to the verse here. I said I wasn't going to read this, didn't I? Well, I'm going to have to. Um, Oh, let's see where I'm at. Oh, here we are. I'm going to take my verses out here so I've got them right in front of me. All right, let's read a verse 1 there. The words that spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that the son also may glorify thee. What does glorify mean? It means to make a parent. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are his. That means make God apparent. Uh, if you were a drunkard and you get born again and you get dried up and clean and you make God apparent by what happened. If you were an adulterer and an immoral person, you get born again and you become the most honest, moral individual, a straight up and down guy that'll be true to his wife all the way home, uh, you, get, you make God apparent through that. If you were a thief and you and you get born again and quit steal, they didn't steal, steal no more, and you get born again, it makes God apparent to the world. He said, by all this, men will know you're my disciples if you what? Love one another. It makes God apparent. If you and I at this church get at her after each other and begin to fight each other, we do the opposite of glorifying God. We de-glorify. We skew who God is. We begin, to, we begin to make God apparent, give him glory. We begin to hide him from the world. Because now we're sending out a false message. We're sending out, we're, we're saying God's one thing and we're doing another. And consequently, that, that adds to the fake news about God. Jesus had, has already told his disciples that many Christs were going to follow after him and deceive many. That's a sad verse to me. Mark chapter 13, verse 6 says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And shall deceive many. That hurts my feelings. What about you? Why is there 7 million Jehovah Witnesses? Why is there 6, 7 million Mormons? Why is there about that many Seventh-day Adventists? Why are these cults? Why do these cults grow and prosper? Because Jesus said that's the way it would be. That people would rather believe the false than the true. And that, that's just, just, I just, that statement makes me crazy. 
Even Paul said, if somebody came here among you into the Corinthians and they took you for your money, uh, you, you'd, you'd love them. But he said, I come here working and, and, and donating my time to you, and you say I'm not worthy to be an apostle and reject me. He said, if one would abuse you, and if one would, would misuse you, you would more readily receive them than you're receiving me. Isn't that wild? It was important to Jesus, and in all this, ultimately, he made known apparent to all that he was the one, the one and only. Think how impossible it was that Jesus would ever be known outside of Israel. Think how impossible it was that they were going to reach the world with 11, that old motley crew of 11. Those guys, those guys when he got crucified, got arrested, they all split. They're a brave lot. Uh, the leader of them all says, I'll never deny you, though all these other bums deny you. I'll never deny you. And the Bible says all of them said the same thing. Yeah, we won't deny you. Of course, they all did. Peter, he ran. Little girl, a little girl caused him to curse and swear and deny Jesus. You wouldn't think, how impossible was it? Now, come on. That's just a little, little bitty group of people compared to the population of the world, even at that time. And he says, you go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and lo, I'm with you always, even in the age. What? He did, didn't he? By the end of the first century, most of the known world had the preaching of the gospel done in it. By the end of the first 100 years. He says, Glor he says these words spake Jesus, lifting his eyes, said, glorify thy son. Make known thy son. He's concerning himself, these first two things. The second petition we see here is, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had. It would be nice if I had the right page. With the I'm struggling, hey? You're going to give me some credit here. I'm not at my best tonight. But I'm still sweet. Glorify thou me with, it, with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. That's 17.5. That's his pre-incarnation. Where do we know about that? Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and following says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And because of that, he got restored to his former position. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every other name. Boy, I like in, in Acts 4.12, there's no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. I'm sorry, but Muhammad is not the right name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess whereat. Things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. So we see the second petition concerning himself is, Glorify thou me with thine own self. Glorify thy son. In other words, now that I'm getting ready to cruci be crucified and to give myself and eventually be resurrected, Father propagate it, propagate it, 
glorify thy son. Propagate it. Make me known. What is, our, what is, what is one of our prime directives as a born-again believer is make Christ known. You can't make Christ known uh, 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 setting around. You got to talk to people. You got to pass gospel tracts out. You, you got to put YouTube clips. You, you got to do, you got to get around every way you can possibly do billboards. Make Christ known. That's our job. Make Christ known. Make Christ known. Praise the Lord. I want to make Christ known everywhere I go and whatever I do, I want to make Christ known. One of the one of the uh, one of the maybe the very heartbeat of Gospel Baptists is just to go out and glorify Christ, lift Him up. I, I just love doing that. I feel I feel more more fulfilled in my life when I'm out there door to door, being able to reach somebody, knock on their door, and they come and I say, "Here I am," and I begin. Oh, it's just wonderful, boy! I, I wish you if you haven't come, give it a shot. The third petition we see there in verse 11, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. I'm glad he prayed that. What about you? Um, preservation from two things. Preservation from the infection of the world. Preservation, verse 15, from the evil of the world. It should encourage you that your preservation is important to Jesus Christ. Of those you gave me, I have lost none. You can pillow your head tonight with the comfort of knowing that if you've been born again by the Spirit of the living God, you will not be lost. He wouldn't have saved you if he knew ahead of time. See, because he knows the beginning and end, he would have never saved you if you were going to make the decision to go off and, and he wouldn't have saved you. Of those you give me, I've lost none. And there's so many other things about that. But it doesn't make us arrogant. It makes me humble. It makes me humble that God cares about me, that he wants to preserve me all the way unto the end. That he wants to carry me through every, every, every trial, every snare, everything, and bring me home to God. It doesn't give me any kind of feeling of license to go out and sin. Why? Brother, I'll tell you what, as a good father, he'll whoop on you. He says, anybody that I love, I chasten. Doesn't the Bible say that? Yeah, it does. A few places, Hebrews 12 and Revelation. If I love you, I chasten you. All I can tell you, once my dad gave you a good old-fashioned spanking, you never wanted another one. You never. I got many anymore, but I ne that's because I was just dumb, hard to learn, hard learner. It should encourage us, and it does. It should also register with you that your preservation is under attack. Otherwise, why would Christ pray for it? Jesus' words to Peter give an insight. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, he says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Hallelujah. That thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. How much more should we pray for our kids and loved ones and those we know that they would, that they would endure hardness as a good soldier all the way to the end? The fourth petition we see in verse 15, 
but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Still, talking about his disciples, his own. Keep them from the evil. Matthew 6, 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't know about you, but I, I, think, that's, I think when Jesus said, when they ask him, teach us to pray, and he, and, he, and he does what we call the Lord's Prayer, I think that's great to pray that prayer. What's wrong with that? Oh, hyper-dispensationalists will say, but you know, that was Jesus, and he was still under the law, but that's not a New Testament prayer under grace. Oh, shut up. Brother, if Jesus said pray a certain way, I think I'm pretty good shape praying the way he wants me to pray. Deliver me from evil. I've seen evil. She had a red dress on. Devil with the red dress on. I've seen her. Let me tell you, man, the devil, as a roaring lion comes about seeking he who may devour, we men are so, so subject to immorality, to, to disloyalty, but there is nothing that will come into your life to destroy every good thing you ever dreamt of having. If you give in to that temptation, you ought to be on your knees. Your wife ought to be on her knees saying, deliver my husband from evil. Deliver him from the lady with the red dress on. Man. Deliver us from evil. The power of prayer in this area testifies, testify. Paul, 2 Corinthians 1.10 says, Who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, that's, so past tense, he, who delivered us, doth deliver, that's present tense, in whom we trust that he yet will deliver. That's future tense, and that's a three-point outline right there. You don't have to go any further. God takes care of our past, present, and future. I didn't give it a name, preacher, but you can, whatever you want to call it. The fifth petition is in verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word of truth. He's still praying about his people. Sanctify. What's the word sanctify? It means, it means to set apart unto God. It means to set away from evil. It's a twofold meaning. It's a, it's a two motion. Set apart to God, but apart from evil. Makes sense. If you're still in evil, you're not going to be with God. God's not going to associate. So you have to separate from evil to be part of God. And God will help you do all that, and he does that to his people. Sanctify them. He's talking to the Father. Father, sanctify them. Set them apart from evil. Set them apart for us. Praise the Lord. Did you know that the Lord listens to your prayers? If you're a born-again Christian, the righteous cry, the Lord... Hear it and deliver them out of all their troubles. He listens to you. Did you know, Christian, that you delight God in praying? When you get down tonight before you go to bed and you pray with your mate or pray by yourself or however you want to pray on the way, that, you know that's just a delight to God? You people have had children. It's a wonderful thing when your children actually talk to you when they don't want something all the time. You know, I like to pray sometimes and not just want something. You know, well, gave me this and gave me that and gave me this. You get tired of your kids doing that. Uh, it's just go to God and say, I don't want anything. I just want to love on you. I just want to thank you for who you are. Thank you 
for going through the Garden of Gethsemane for me. Just go ahead and talk to him. Uh, oh my, sanctify them through thy truth, Pur purifying from evil, purify to good. Woo, I like that. This notice the method of sanctif sanctifications by the Word of God. I can't tell you enough how not reading the Word of God is dooming yourself to a, at the very best, a mediocre, troubled spiritual existence. But if you'll be in the Word of God honestly with a pure heart, God will keep you from so many things, and He will bless you and help you. Now he goes into the third category of concerning us, as well as those who would believe, as well as the world itself. In verse 21, he says, on the number six petition, he says, that the, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Boy, there's a lot of unbelief right now, isn't there? You know, the liberals are mad at us, fundamental Baptists. They're mad at us. Christians, just generally, because they believe that we're trying to undo their world. They're right. They want, they're afraid that we're going to undo the gay marriage. I hope so. They're afraid we're going to undo transgenderism. I, I can't get into this, but Doc, Doc you're, you're developing something on this. But there was a three-minute video on Facebook by a, by a very notable doctor uh, uh, that says it's impossible to have, it's, it's fundamentally impossible to have sex change. You cannot have sex change. There are 6,500 differences between a man and a woman. Genetically. You can't change your DNA. He said, the, girl, the woman says changing a few parts is not becoming a woman or a man, either which direction you're going. He said, you can't change what you are given from God. And man, I just, if you can get it on Facebook, it's, it's good. And brother, that's going to be a good, I wish I could hear. In fact, I, I'd like to hear that one when you get it ready to, to go. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You know, when the Son and the Father testify, they're a mirror reflecting holiness and goodness to the world. that They could see it. We see Jesus, and the world has nothing to see Jesus with but you and me, the Word of God. And so it's important that you and I are, are honest with the Lord, and, and, and we're right with Him, and we have a oneness together. I can't tell you how important it is that a church has a spirit of oneness together. And you know, you don't have to like each other. You don't have to like what goes on all the time. And it'd be naive to believe you're even going to agree with what goes on all the time. In what area of your life do you have 100% agreement? You don't agree 100% with your wife or your husband. You don't agree 100% with your government. You don't agree 100% with your employer or employee. You don't agree 100% with nothing. Why would you come to a church and say, well, I, if they get one thing wrong, I'm out of there. My, if, if they get blue chairs, I ain't coming back. You know, that kind of thing. My brother and sister in Christ is not Christ and the cause of Christ bigger than the decorations? Say a hearty amen because you're getting ready to get some. Yeah. I like that. I like that. By this, man, by this the whole, all the men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. The seventh petition. 
that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Oh, I like that. I preached a whole sermon on that. Uh, God wants us to be his neighbor. That's big. Because there's some people in this room who wouldn't want to be my neighbor. I don't admit it. But I, I wouldn't want to be your neighbor and hear your yapping dog. <laughs> so not everybody wants to be your neighbor. You got all these peculiarities, you know. And so God wants me to be close to him. He wants me to be his neighbor. He wants me to be in heaven. Because once he's cleansed us in his blood and washed us and given us a new nature, and when we receive the full adoption of sons, which we have not received yet, we're not what we will be, brother. Positionally, we are. But practically speaking, we are not what we will be. We're far from what we will be. In fact, what we will be is so far out there, you can't even put it in your mind and get your mind around it. And eye has never seen it. And ears never heard it. And it's not even entered into your heart what's coming up. Well, for us, but God's going to transform us and make us into the image of his blessed son. And we're going to have a oneness like we've never known. An intimacy like we've never known. Sweetness like we've never known. And we're going to be able to fellowship together in absolute purity. Oh, what keeps us from being close now? Impurity. Impurity. Can't be trusted. But God wants us, he says, he says, that be with me where I am. Well, where is Jesus? You probably can answer that question. Where is Jesus? He's on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Hebrews, 1 John. So that's where Jesus is. We know where Jesus is tonight. He's on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's our advocate, right? He says, so where is that? That's heaven. Because wherever the Father is, because see, Joe Witness wants to say, well, you're never going to heaven. You, you poor dogs are going to go to this thing called earth, and that's where you, but you're never going to really get to go to heaven. But I can tell you, based on the word of God, wherever Jesus is, that's heaven, and that's where we're going to be. To be absent from the body is to be where? That's being where he is, and where he's at's heaven. I mean, you know, wow, I'm looking forward to that. We get to be in heaven because, I like that song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. I hope that's you. The Lord Jesus makes his prayer. The circle is complete. The son leaves his glory with the father, comes to the earth, redeems him a people, returns to heaven with them, to dwell with him forever. Those who have freely chosen him and those who have freely chosen light over darkness, who he seals with the Holy Spirit under the day of redemption, who he sanctifies by the Holy Spirit under the day of redemption, eventually whom he adopts and causes to be exactly like he is in purity. Now, I believe you'll retain your personality, no doubt about it. You don't think God made us individuals for nothing. He made you individuals because that's who he is. You, you are a creation of God, personality-wise. No two of you. Now, there may be some similarities. You know, they say that you have a duplicate somewhere, or, or two, or three. I went to Smithsonian Institute in Washington. 
It's a evolution factory. But nevertheless, it's real hard for me to go to those places because of the, teach, the lying that they do to the people who go through them of evolution. It's just really hard for me. But I, 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 I gutted it up. My wife threatened. Well, never mind. But um, I, I went, and uh, they studied the human physique, the human body. And there are 600 different types of human body physiques uh, in the world. And, and you can tell what part of the world someone is from by their body. I didn't know that, but you can actually tell what part of the world they're from. And so it, it went in there and it, it said all of that and, and everything. And I thought about, I thought of, and the diversity we have are as diverse as a snowflake. Now some of you, a snowflake's a white thing that comes out of the sky when it gets cold. <laughs> it's what half the people down here in the winter are trying to get away from. And so we're diverse. You don't think that's going to change. God's made us diverse. He's going to keep us diverse. But yet in our purity and our character, we're going to be just like him. The seven petitions of Jesus to the Father. Number one, glorify thy son that he may glorify thee. Number two, glorify me with the glory we had before the foundation of the world. Number three, keep those who thou hast given me. Number four, keep them from the evil. Number five, sanctify them through thy truth. Number six, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And number seven, that those who believe will be with me in heaven. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful prayer. Thank you for your kindnesses to us past finding out, literally. We pray that, Lord Jesus, you'd come in thy blessed Holy Spirit with fresh oil, Father, when we walk, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, Father, when we do, even to this moment, I preach by faith. Father, we pray there be somebody here without Christ tonight, they could be saved. They would trust you with all their heart. They would settle it, drive the stake down. Not let, not let another day go by without knowing that they know Jesus Christ. There could be some Christians here that have You've kind of fallen out of love with Jesus. I'll get back in the book. Fall back in love with the Lord Jesus Christ by being around him. By reading his word, the Holy Spirit of God will refresh you and anoint you. Father, help us as we pray to pray like this. To make sense. Not just vain repetition like the heathen pray. Thinking somehow by their much speaking they'll be heard. But speak as if we would speak to a father to a friend. As you said, we are your friends. Oh, help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, sing two verses just as... If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.